Hello, this is Minister Glenn Burrell, Seed of Faith Clinic Podcast, where the Word of God is able to save your soul. So sit back, relax, and enjoy a word of edification from the Word of God. tonight we want to pick up from where we left off last week talking about the glory of God and I want us to understand that in talking about the glory of God it can be an inexhaustible subject if that's the right word I'm using inexhaustible because God's glory is God's glory is manifested or introduced unto us in so many ways. And God can, his glory, his glory is presented unto us in several ways I can say tonight. His glory is manifested in his creation. His glory is manifested in his presence. His glory is manifested in his character, amen, and his personality. So God's glory is not just limited to one thing. God's glory is not just limited to a box. And I want us to also understand that God's glory is not limited to the church building. Amen. God wants his glory to be manifested wherever we are or wherever we go. Because his glory is in the inside of us. His glory is in us. His glory is in us by way of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is his glory. And his glory is manifested in us through the Holy Spirit. So we don't have to wait until Sunday or Wednesday night to experience the glory of God. The glory of God can be experienced on your job. It can be experienced in the marketplace. It can be experienced in your home, which is the primary place that his glory should be manifested in our lives. And, God, and we are the vessel that God's glory will be shown to the world. And so we have to be aware of that, that when we're out in the marketplace, when we're out on our jobs, when we're out in the public, God wants his glory to be manifested among the people and especially among unbelievers. Amen. So I praise God. And I thank him for his glory. You know, and we can't talk about his glory without talking about his character and without talking about his attributes. And God has multiple number of attributes. And I would say his character and his attributes should be shown forth through us in this earth. And because God's glory 
He wants to manifest in this earth. But the only way he can do it is through us. Now, his glory is manifested in his creation. Uh, when we see the sun and the moon, the things that he created, even the creation of man, God's glory was manifested in this earth. So God, God manifests himself in his presence. He manifests himself in power. And he manifests himself in his character and attributes. So, so are those things supposed to be manifested through us? Are we supposed to be displaying the glory of God? I would say we do. But how, how do we do that? We do that by our lifestyle. We do that by obeying the word. We do that by walking in the light of his word. It's displaying the glory of God. But as I said last week, the glory of God cannot manifest itself in an unpure heart or in an unpure or unclean place. So, so we as believers, we have been presented to God by Christ Jesus as being pure and holy. We have present, been presented to him as being clean. Because we've been washed in the blood of Jesus. We've been washed in the word of God. And we have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us to help keep our temple clean. So where does the glory of God dwell? Where does his presence dwell? His presence dwell on the inside of us. And I'm going to say that again. His presence dwell on the inside of us. We don't have to wait till we get to the church building to experience his presence. We don't have to wait till the choir get cranked up to experience the presence of God or to experience his glory. Amen. And that's what God wants to do. Now, those things are right. Singing, praising, worshiping God. We're supposed to do that. But I want to emphasize, let's not just wait till we get to Sunday service to try to experience his glory. Amen. Because we can sing songs within ourselves to manifest the presence of God. We can pray to manifest the presence of God. We can worship to manifest the presence of God. Amen. So God's glory is manifested in many, many, many different ways. In his creation. In his words. The written word of God. The, the, the glory of God can manifest itself through the written word of God. He can manifest himself through that Bible that we have placed in our home. How, how does the glory of God manifest itself out of a book? Because that word in that book is full of life. And so once we begin to take that word out of that book, put it in our hearts, write it on our hearts, 
then the glory of God began to shine forth on that word in us to cause us to be like him or to live like him. Because we were made in his image. And if we and when I say we were made in his image, I don't mean that we well just look like him. But when we talk about being made in the image of God, we're talking about his character, his personality, his attributes. See, those things that make up the glory of God on the inside of us, that's the image that he wants us to portray in this world. Not just that we look at look like him, not just that somebody can look at us and say, hey, your face is shining. You, you know, God must be with you. Well, that, 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 that's true. But not, that, that's not just the only thing. Or the major thing. The major thing is his glory wants to be manifested in our character. In our lifestyle. Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. So so he want us to be, he want us to live a life. He want us to live a life that show forth his glory. Amen. Can can that person that's talking, can they mute, please? Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. Hallelujah. So, so God wants to manifest himself in us, his glory. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to wait till that person finished talking. Yeah, praise God. But he 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 he's a good God. And he's worthy to be praised. So so God wants God wants to manifest himself in our lifestyle, in our character. He wants his attributes to be a part of us. And that, that, that God has quite a few attributes. And maybe at some point we'll begin to get into the attributes of God. But God wants to manifest his presence because he is omnipresent. So what, what, what do we mean by he's omnipresent? God's, God's omnipresence means he is present in all places at all times. He's everywhere. You know, in the Old Testament, you know, they carried God around in a box. But he no longer has to be carried around in a box. He's carried around in us by way of the Holy Spirit. He's been loosed. Hallelujah. I said he's been loosed. And not only has he been loosed, but he has granted us access. He has granted us access to his glory. 
He has granted us access to an open heaven. So we don't, we don't have to wait till we get to heaven to experience heaven. I'm going to say that again. I said we don't have to wait until we get to heaven to experience heaven. Well, why do I say that? Because heaven has already come to this earth. He wants us to live on earth as it is in heaven. That, that, that's his glory. That's his glory has come to earth to be manifested among us. His manifested presence. His manifested character. His manifested attributes. Amen. So y'all still here. Y'all still with me. So he's, omnip he's omnipresent. Mean that he is present in all places at all times. And another way uh, to think about uh, that God is everywhere at the same time. I say he's everywhere. He is everywhere at the same time. Amen. So he, he's glorious. God is glorious. I say he's glorious. So let's let's look at Habakkuk, the third chapter, and the fourth verse. Habakkuk, the, the third chapter, and the fourth verse. Amen. It says, his radiance is like the sunshine. He has rays flashing from his hand. And there is the hiding of his power. God wants to manifest himself in his power. I believe that he don't want to hide his power. He don't want to hide his power from us. God wants to manifest itself in power. And that's another way that he, he show forth his glory. He show forth his glory in his creation. He show forth his glory in his presence. And he show forth his glory in his power. As well as his character and personality. So, so, so you know, we talk about the names of God, Jehovah. And we know that Jehovah means God. But I want us to understand that God's glory is manifested in his names. When he say, Jehovah Jireh, he'll meet all of our needs. The God, he, he's a God that's more than enough. He's a God that will supply all of our needs. He's a God that sees ahead and provides. See, God sees what we need even before we know we need it. He's Jehovah Nisa, our peace. So, so basically what I'm saying 
whatever we need, God is that. Y'all remember when he said his name is I am, that I am? So God, God is saying, I, I, can't, I can't box myself into a name. I can't limit myself to a name because I'm, I'm, I'm infinite. I'm more than that. So he told Moses that I am that I am. I am that I am. So basically what I'm saying is, is whatever needs you have, just add his name to it. Amen. Because y'all y'all still there. Y'all y'all right here with me, right? Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Jehovah Nisi, he's our peace. Amen. So 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 I would say when 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 situations arise and Say, if you need peace, just call on Jehovah Nisa. You need a need met, just call on Jehovah Jireh. Amen. Hallelujah. So we're talking about the glory of God. See, God's glory is the infinite beauty and greatness of God's manifold perfections. Did y'all hear that? His glory is the infinite beauty and greatness of his manifold perfections. Amen. The manifestation of his character and his worth and his attributes. All of his perfections and greatness are beautiful as they are seen. But it's, it's, it's quite a few of them. So how, how, how do we think of the glory of the Lord? When we think of the glory of the Lord, we imagine or the image of the brilliant light often comes to our minds. But it's more than that. It's more than just the light. The glory of God is inseparable from his other attributes other than, than the radiant light. He's the eternal He's infinitely, he's unchangingly glorious. His radiance and beauty emanate from all that he is and all that he does. That's something to shout about. So let's, let's look at Isaiah, the 43rd chapter in the 7th verse. Isaiah 47. Amen. 
Uh, we're going to look at 43, I mean, verse 7. And I just want to point out that in that scripture it says that man was created by God for his glory. So what should we be doing? What should we be doing? If we just, if we just expecting to experience God's glory without giving him glory back, by worshiping him, by praising him, by living his word, living his lifestyle of Christ. So, 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 so in this dispensation and time, I would say there are two ways God manifested his glory in this earth. He manifested his glory in the body of Jesus in this earth. And now he's manifested his glory by way of the Holy Spirit in us. So he's everywhere. He's in all those that believe. Because he created us. He created us for his glory. But, uh, but you know, we can look back in the book of Genesis when Adam disappointed him. But Jesus came and fixed that situation. He came and fixed that problem. And not only, he, he, he didn't just fix it temporarily, he permanently fixed it. So the glory of God, the glory of God will never leave this earth as long as we're here in this earth. Because he's going to manifest himself in us and through us to show forth his glory. He created us for his glory. He created us to show forth his glory. Adam was supposed to do it. But what happened when Adam fell? God withdrew his manifested presence from Adam. He withdrew his glory from Adam. But that glory has been restored. It has been restored through Christ Jesus. Amen. So he's omnipresent. He's everywhere. But you know, uh, when we feel God's manifested presence, Something happens. When God manifests his presence and we begin to feel it, something happens. Something shifts, something changes, or something happens. But it happens for his glory and it happens for the glory, for the good, the goodness of God toward us. Things will begin to shift in your life. Things will begin to change, and something happens when the glory of God shows up. And God, God doesn't just show up for no reason or, or purpose. When he manifests his presence, 
There is something he wants to do in our lives. And what, what, what is it that he want to do? What, what could that be? It could be that he wants to encourage us. He convict us. He strengthen us. He heal us. He saves us. Or whatever he desires to do through his manifested glory. Amen. We were created by God for his glory. So, so our whole existence and purpose is to glorify him. As we were created in his image and do the good work he has prepared, you know, us to do. You know, we we will we we'll try to find glory in other things. We'll try to find glory in things. We'll try to find glory in another man. We'll try to find glory in the president. Uh, but there's only one true glory, and that's the glory of God. Amen. You know, even men, we as, as men, we, we'll try to make ourselves an object of glory. I'm going to say that again. I said we'll try to make ourselves an object of glory. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So he's a good God. Can y'all agree to that? Well, let's let's look at let's look at uh some of the attributes of God. Let's look at some of the attributes of God. God is infinite. He is self-existing without origin. Let's look at Colossians 1.17. Colossians 1.17. He's infinite or infinite, however you want to pronounce it. He is self-existent without origin. And Colossians 1.17 says, And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Let's look at Psalms 147.5. Psalm 147.5. Said, great, great is our Lord, Jesus. Great is our Lord and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. Great is our Lord 
and abundant, abundant in power. I say he's abundant in power. He's abundant in power. Amen. God is immutable. Let's look at Malachi, third chapter in the sixth verse. What do we mean by he's immutable? He never changes. His word never changes. Once God established his laws, they never change. Once God's word was sent and brought through, through Christ Jesus into this earth, that word is settled. In Malachi, the third chapter in the sixth verse, he said, I, I the Lord, do not change. So you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. God does not change. God does not change, and who he is never changes. And his attributes are the same from before the beginning of time into eternity. His character never changed, and he never gets better or worse. His plans do not change. His promises do not change. He's immutable. He never changes. So we can depend and have confidence in a God that we know will never let us down. Because he'll never change his word. He'll never go back on his word. He said he's not a man that will lie. Amen. That, that ought to give us joy right there. That ought to make us shout. That ought to make us want to get up and run. Knowing that we serve a God that will never turn his back and change his word. Man will, man will change his word, man will disappoint you, but God said he will never disappoint us. He'll never disappoint us. His, his nature is unchanging. I say it's God's nature to never change. He's, he's, he's dependable. He's dependable. So we can trust him and we can have confidence in him. We can build our faith upon his word because his word will never change. His purposes, his purposes is unfailing. His promises is unassailable. And it is because God who promised us eternal life is immutable that we may rest assured that nothing, not trouble, not hardship, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword shall separate us from the love of Christ. And why is that? 
Because his love will never change. His love for us will never change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the same. Amen. So let, let's look at that in Romans, the 8th chapter, in the 35th through the 39th verse. Amen. He'll never change. That's the attribute. He's immutable. I said Romans, the 8th chapter, in the 35th through the 39th verse. Amen. And I'm going to read it. So who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulations or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Verse 36. As it is written. As it is written. We can always declare it is written. It is written, as it is written, for thy sake, we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Verse 37, nay, in all these things, we are what? More than conquerors through him that do what? That love us. We are more than conquerors through him that love us. Verse 38, for I am persuaded. How many of us are persuaded? How many of us on this line are persuaded? How many of us on this line are fully persuaded? Fully persuaded. For I am persuaded. That neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, or things to come. Verse 39, nor height, nor death, nor any other creature. That includes the devil. I said that includes the devil. Nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Nothing can separate us. Nothing can stop God from loving us. No matter what we go through, nothing will stop him from loving us. And that, that even goes the worst sinner and the worst wretch that walked this earth, God still loved him. I say God still loved the sinners. His love, his love. That doesn't mean they will experience, a sinner would experience his glory outside of being in Christ Jesus, but that doesn't stop God from loving that sinner. 
Amen. Amen. God is, God is self-sufficient. He has no needs. I say God is self-sufficient and he has no needs. See, we, we still, we still talking about his glory, even though we talking about who he is. That's still talking about his glory because he manifests his glory through who he is. Amen. Let's look at John, the fifth chapter in the 26th verse. It's John 5, verse 26. Amen. Amen. John 5, verse 26. Hallelujah. He's a good God. I say he is a good God. Amen. Verse 26 say, For as the Father has life in himself, so hath he given to the Son to have life in himself. Verse 27. And hath given him authority to execute judgment also because he is the Son of Man. Amen. I say amen. But see, we, we, we as humans, we're limited, but God is not limited. See, we, we, have, we have needs. We have desires that sometimes seem to go unfulfilled. Amen. However, However, God, however, has never once been in need for anything. I say he's never been in need for anything, but he wants to provide our needs. And you know something I was, I was, I was thinking about today? I think uh, what's... What hinders us sometimes, I wouldn't say sometimes, I would say as believers, is we need to get a revelation of God as being king and us as believers as citizens of his kingdom. Y'all still here, right? So we and we that that I said we need a revelation of who God is as king and who we are as citizens of his kingdom. See because when we become this well this is another another subject that we can we can go to at some point but that came up in my spirit this morning is that, you know, if you notice throughout the Old Testament, we always heard about the kings. 
And there has to be a king in order to have a kingdom. So the kingdom of God has come to this earth. So he is the king. The king and his kingdom. So I got a question. How does a, how does a king want his children to live? Does a king want his children living in poverty? Does a king want his children living in sickness? So we, we, we have a king that is God, Jesus, Jesus, and the precious Holy Spirit. They three are one. We can't separate the three. They are inseparable. But you also can't separate his written word from who he is. Because his word is, is himself. That written word that we read is God manifesting himself in this earth through his word. In the beginning was the word. And the word is still here, isn't it? Amen. So we're his children. And God wants to meet our needs. I say he wants to meet our needs. Hallelujah. Praise God. So, so, so God is self-sufficient. The self-sufficiency of God means he possesses infinite riches of being, wisdom, goodness, and power in and of himself. Did y'all get that? Hello? Did y'all get that? Amen. I say God, God is self-sufficient. The self-sufficiency of God means he possesses infinite riches of being, wisdom, goodness, and power in and of himself. That, that power, that power has been sent down to us. But until we get a revelation of who we are in Christ Jesus, until we get a revelation of what belongs to us in Christ Jesus. That lack of knowledge will cause a believer to be handicapped to a certain extent. That's what handicaps us as believers is the fact of a lack of knowledge. He said, we perish because of a lack of knowledge. Let's look at Ephesians, the third chapter in the 20th verse. We're still in his glory now. We're still talking about his glory. 
But we also talking about his attributes and who he is to us. Amen. Third chapter in the 20th verse. Let's 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 go back to let's go back to the the fifteenth verse. It said, "Of whom the whole family in heaven and in earth and earth is named." Verse sixteen, that he would grant you according to his, to the riches of his glory. God has a rich glory then. To be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. In the inner man. Verse 17. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. That ye being rooted and grounded in what? Love. In love. Walking in love will manifest his glory. Walking out of love will close his glory off. Walking in love will keep the heavens open. Walking out of love will close the heavens. It's our love walk toward one another and our love toward God. You know, I was I was thinking, I was thinking why some needs are not met. So I had this thought. Say, let's say the Birmingham Water Works. So the Birmingham Water Works, they supply the water that we need. They have a pipeline that that water flows to every house that is connected. And as long as that pipeline is not clogged up or hindered by any debris, that water will flow freely into those homes. So what I'm trying to get to is God, when he sent Jesus Christ to die on that cross, he raised him from the dead, and he's now seated at the right hand of the Father. There was a pipeline that was established through Christ Jesus that flows to the heart of every believer. And if we get out of, out of love, the love of God, any kind of way, that pipeline from heaven will be clogged up. So that I'm not saying that you won't go to heaven because you can go to heaven and none of your needs be met. You can go to heaven as long as you accept Jesus Christ and never believe God for healing, you'll still go to heaven. 
But God has, has established a pipeline of his glory to flow because his glory flows in healing. When, 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 when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, he said he wanted the glory of God to be seen. Every time he healed an individual, he wanted us as believers to give him glory. But we need to stop saying, if we're saying, that God is making folks sick to try to teach them something. That doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. We need to stop glorifying sickness. Because when you glorify sickness, you're glorifying the devil. Because sickness is a result of sin. And sin was established as a result of a fallen man. So God doesn't get glory out of sickness. God gets glory out of us being healthy and whole and prosperous. And having all of our needs met. So let's, let's keep the pipeline open. Let's, let, let's don't clog up the pipeline with jealousy. Let's don't clog up the pipeline with covetousness. Let's don't clog up the, the pipeline with our lust and desires in this flesh. See, because we, we, when we clog the pipeline up, the pipeline of heaven down here unto this earth, to meet our needs and to give us everything that God to have us to desire to have. Our actions. When we don't live the Christ-like lifestyle. It's possible that you're clogging up the line and then we come back and blame God for our needs not being met. God never not want to meet your needs. I said, God never not want to meet our needs. Did we read Ephesians 3.20? We didn't read that, did we? Yeah, let's, let's go ahead and read 3.20. I started at 15, I believe. Let's go back to 17. It said that Christ may dwell in our hearts by faith that ye become being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height. Verse 19, and to know, and to know, and to know. See, it's very important that we know it's very important that we acquire knowledge, that we know something. Amen. He said that, that we know, and to know, and to know the love of, of Christ, which passes knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. That's his glory. The fullness of God. Verse 20. Now unto him. Now unto him that is able to do what? 
exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. I would say this even, don't clog the power up. I say don't clog the power up because that power flows through the pipeline of heaven. Just as that water flows through the pipeline from the Birmingham Waterworks, God's power will flow through the pipeline from heaven to earth. Verse 21, he said, unto him be glory in the church. Who are the, we are the church, right? I said, we are the church. We go in the building to worship him, but the building is not the church. We are the church. We take the church in the building. I say we take the church in the building. And once we take the church in the building, then God can manifest his glorious presence in the building. Amen. Unto him be glory. Who we giving glory to? We giving glory to God. We giving glory to Jesus. We giving glory to the Holy Spirit. We giving glory to his word, his written word. And that's why I always say his written word is our life source. If you want to hear God speak, get in his word. I say, if you want to hear God speak, get in that Bible and God will talk to you. God will show forth his glory through his word. God will show forth who he is through his word. God will meet our needs through that written word. Amen. So if you want to hear him speak, go to his word. Amen. Unto him be glory. We got to stop giving glory to the doctor. We got to stop giving glory to the banker. God deserves all the glory. Unto him be glory in the church. We are the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. He said, amen. That means it's so. It's done. Amen. 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 Y'all getting anything this evening? God has many attributes. I say he has many, many attributes. Amen. See, we, we receive God's glory, his manifested glory, but we also give him glory. Amen. And that's what God wants us to do. We, we have a king, and we are citizens in his kingdom. We're not looking for the kingdom to come. The Jews may still be looking for the kingdom to come. But we as believers, we're not looking for the kingdom. The kingdom is already here. 
I say the kingdom is already here. When we were born again and became new creatures in Christ Jesus, we became citizens of the kingdom of God. That's why we said, how, how does it go? We're in this world, but we're not of the world. Because we're citizens of another kingdom. I say we're citizens of another kingdom. Jesus, Jesus never claimed to be a citizen of this world. Amen. Well, praise God. Praise God. Well, I'm going to go ahead and stop right here. But, uh, ah, it's so much that God is omnipotent. I say God is omnipotent. He's omnipotent. He is all-powerful. Let's look at one more scripture. Let's look at Psalms 33.6. And then that'll be the last one. Psalm 33, 6. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. So let's look at uh let's look at verse 4. Start at verse 4. It says, the spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty has given me life. Verse 5, if thou canst answer me, set thy words in order before me. Stand up. Verse 6, behold, I am according to thy wish in God's stead. I also am formed out of the clay. Amen. It's by the word of the Lord the heavens were made. Their starry hosts by the breath of his mouth. His words. His words. He's omnipotent. He has un unlimited power. Omni, omni means all, and potent means powerful. God is able and powerful to do anything he wills without any effort on his part. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Well, Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for this time that we fellowshiped in your word. 
and we'll forever give you the glory and the honor. We thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you did for us on Calvary. We thank you for your written word that dwells in our hearts. So we'll forever give you the glory and the honor and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God.